0: is the Inside Edge, your home for Blue Jackets news and conversation.
1: Sponsored by Honda Marysville and Mumo Express Car Wash. Proud partner of the Columbus Blue Jackets.
2: Here's Bob McGalligan and Jody Shelley.
3: Welcome to the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. Bob McGalligan and Jody Shelley with you one more time as we wrap up the 20th anniversary season of Blue Jackets hockey. And the Blue Jackets did close out their season with a win, an overtime win, over the detroit red wings on saturday night uh, a high scoring affair jody it's really funny it was only two weeks prior neither team could score a goal through regulation overtime it took a shootout for a one to nothing win but yet the final game of the season finishes five to four in overtime and it was almost like neither team wanted it to end for some reason <laughs> they just kept going back and forth
4: yeah that's a great point point. and you know what it the last couple of weeks of the season, I thought it was nice to see Elvis Merzlikens play well. Emil Bemstrom had the hat trick, you know, Max Domi gets that goal in front of the crowd. You know, as an athlete, all right, I guess it doesn't matter what you're doing. You want to end on a high note, as, you know, there's some moments you'd want to forget during the season, but just the feeling of feeling nice and feeling good and getting a the win there for John Tortorella. Uh, who heads uh, he's on the all-time win list now ahead of iron Mike Keenan on uh, the 12th spot it's those are all really good things and, and I like Seth Jones the way he closed out the year uh, you know there are there's a lot to be said for people that bring their best effort even when they know you know the, the best isn't around them. you know what I mean it's easy to sit down and mail that in in, in a regard but I like the way the ended of the year you know the ideal situation to give Detroit one point, that means you're definitely going to clinch the bottom of the central, which is terrible to say, but in reality, it helps their chances at a better pick. So good finish, uh, bad middle or end part of the season as far as results. But uh, when you're at Nationwide Arena, Bob, and you hear the cannon go off more than just the introduction, introduction of the, of the team to the ice, uh, it's great for the fans and it's great for the broadcasters, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it is. There's no question about that. And we didn't hear it nearly enough times this year. Um, We went into that game already speculating what might happen after the game. I know that you talked about it on the TV broadcast. Uh, I talked about it on the radio broadcast because I interviewed John Tortorella before that game on Saturday. And um, we look, we knew it was going to be his last game. Uh, This is something that's been coming for a long time uh, if you're around. And even though we weren't around the team this year, like we normally are, Uh, This is something that uh, it was coming down the road and the road came to an end after the game on Saturday night. The team announced on Sunday afternoon that John Tortorella and Yarmo Kekalainen mutually agreed that Tortorella would not continue as the coach of the Blue Jackets. So uh, the first domino has already fallen in the offseason. A new coach is being searched for right now, even as we speak. But let's hear from John Tortorella and uh, a little bit of the talk that I had with him prior to that game on Saturday night, uh, just talking about his mindset, uh, where he is, what his thoughts are, and and about this entire season and about how it started with no training camp. Uh, Went on to have a prominent player leave the roster very early and where it is now. When you go back to the start of it, you knew it wasn't going to be a regular season because of when it was starting uh, you knew you weren't going to have your training camp. Uh, you had a very abbreviated camp, no preseason games. But I got to ask you about that camp because you and I talk all the time about the, the mental preparation. And you had different players coming onto your team this year. I think in hindsight, it looks like there's some players that really would have benefited from your training camp. Uh, you know, that anticipation and kind of that dread of those months leading up the camp, getting ready for the two-mile run. Uh, all the skating that uh, goes into your training camp, how you basically you beat guys down because it's going to benefit them come February, March, the dog days of the season. And it lets everybody kind of buy in. I, I was thinking about this the other day. It's almost like uh, Herb Brooks back in the 80 Olympics where you know none of them wants to go through your camp. Uh, they don't want to do it. So they just all bond kind of against you in a way until they get through it. You As go. you look back on it now, and, and you didn't have any of that stuff, how detrimental was that to the way you're used to running things and the way that this team has become accustomed to operating?
5: Yeah, yeah, and, and I certainly don't want to use that as an excuse as far as what's happened to us this year, but that's that's an important time, and you hit it right on the head. It's a, you get them to a a bit of a crescendo that you're not going to beat us. We, we, we're we not going to give in to you, and, and that creates that camaraderie, which I think is so very important, and that's the that's the mental part of our camp that I really enjoy seeing players in the middle of it and see how they handle it and see if they can get to the other side of it. So uh, we miss that. And I think all teams could say, however they run their camp, I think all teams can say they miss uh, miss their preseason camp. I don't think yeah, you miss all the exhibition games, but you miss that, that important time of coming together. And let's face it, Bobby. The the other stuff around just going out to dinner, having a beer or two together, all that stuff brings the camaraderie too. Uh, After a tough game on the road, going out, and we can't do that either. So crazy year, Uh, certainly not using it as an excuse as far as uh, uh, how bad we played this year, how inconsistent we were, but uh, that's a big part of who we are. That's a big part of how we built our standard here.
3: You've gone through so much stuff, so many different things since you've been here, off-ice things that you've handled so very well, you and your team. Uh, you've, you kind of rallied around things when everybody on the outside counted you out. Uh, you guys used that to count yourselves in. But what happened this year in those first couple of weeks? How much did that, you know, not having the camp we just talked about and then having that situation with Pierre-Luc Dubois, did, did that just send everything so sideways early on that it was hard to get back on track?
5: Yeah, and and this is where this is where I think the strength of our team is. We've had to handle those situations before. Remember, Brett and Bob—they declared they're not coming back after uh, after the season. They were going to go out and seek other employment. Uh, a lot of different things happened. Uh, for some reason, I just did not do a good enough job in corralling the team uh, after Luke. Uh, uh, after you know. Luke played a few games with us. It just was not up to the standard. And, uh, uh, you know, it came to me sitting Luke in a game turned into a big thing around our team. Uh, we didn't handle it well enough. And that, that that's on my watch, Bobby, that's a big part of what I need to take care of. And for some reason, I just did not get the steps in the right order, uh, to keep us together, uh, along with some different personalities coming in with the trade. Um, uh, Patty and Jack and then Max and Andy that, that trade there uh, we lose people and then we bring some new ones in I just could not get everybody to come together and and that's on me uh, that's a big part of coaching uh, that's a big part of my responsibilities, a big part of what I enjoy doing is that culture part of it I did not do a good enough job of that this year
3: there's a season like this for someone like you does it zap the passion out of you. And I'm asking you this because I've listened to you for three or four years say things like, you guys know I'm on the back nine here. Uh, my wife has lived my life all these years. And yeah. at some point it's time for me to live hers. You know, when I see a season like this and, and I know how frustrated you are and, and that it, and you're losing that fun, that's why I ask you that question. Uh, did it zap the, the coaching life out of you?
5: No, I want to coach. Uh, I, I have been blessed to have two great assistant coaches here. Uh, that have kind of taken over the X's and O's. And I have, I have really delved into the mind and the, the, the culture of of just what it is, how strong mentally you need to be. I have really uh, gone into that part of the coaching. And, and, and as a head coach, you have to trust the other people to handle the other stuff. And, and so it's given me a whole different vigor as far as coaching. And uh, I'm in. Uh, I... I uh, I, I I cannot get the competing out of me. I, I I I just love being involved in the pressure of it, and trying to figure things out to find a way to win a hockey game and and to have a successful team. So uh, whether it's here or and if it's not here, uh, I, I don't know. If do I get another opportunity, I have no idea. But I want to coach. I do.
4: Well, first of all, Bob. Every time you get to interact with John Tortorella, it's just a fascinating um, its just a fascinating conversation. And this is a great example of how relaxed he is, how honest he is, which I think our fans appreciate the most. Uh, but you do a great job with him, and it's really been fun to watch your relationship with him. Because I know when he first came in, you weren't sure how you were going to handle this. And you did it the right way by just being yourself, doing your homework. Uh, because I think that's what he respects most about you is you do your work, which allows you to be in touch and ask questions and not waste the time. So good, good for you. And we appreciate that as fans, uh, your effort in doing that. And to, to respond to that clip before I do that, I'm not sure if you saw on Twitter or maybe it was Instagram yesterday, Seth Jones uh, retweeting the, the tribute to John Tortorella that was done by the Blue Jackets just by putting up a picture of a goat and then meaning the greatest of all time. And and then Zach Wierenski doing the same thing. Nick Felino today, I think did it unless I missed it yesterday. Um, but you know what, if you're wondering, there, there, there's always a narrative, there's always drama, but there's not. He just dealt with situations differently. And when he talked about Pierre-Luc Dubois, not many organizations or people, and I don't know if anyone was happy with John Totorella for doing this early in the year, because you remember Dubois signs a, signs a nice contract and within seconds after we hear Dubois wants out. Well, John Totorella told us that he marched Dubois in front of the team and to tell us, tell them, sorry, why he wanted out, why he didn't want to be on the team anymore. And he was very honest um, in doing so. And, and he did it for, he did it because probably for the best of the guys in the room, you know, he didn't want them to have to tiptoe around this situation. Um, they had to a little, they weren't going to address it, but at least it was out there and Torch was taking it on with Pierre Luke. So that was, you know, for him to do that. The, and that's not an excuse. This is a number one centerman. They put a lot of time and energy into to develop. And John Totorella expects so much out of him. Uh, cause he knows how great he can be. And you know what, for, I don't know. I still don't know why he left, but he left the organization. Okay. You know, that's a bit of a slap in the face to start the season. Uh, and then you have no training camp. That's not an excuse either. But, but there's a certain level you have to play at with John Totorella and the way the Blue Jackets play. And they talk about being galvanized and, and getting th- just getting through it together and looking across the room at, at, at a new guy like Max Domi and saying, you know, way to go, Max. You know, you're one of us now. You're, we, we did it together. You know what I mean? We, we're glad to have helped you get through this. Uh, plus being in that extra condition, understand that you can push it to another level. I think that's a couple of things that Line Roslovic and Domi missed out on. And also, the, you know, any, any of these players. So that to me sets the bar and the standard for the season. Uh, and, and that really, you know, there's something special about it. And then, you know, the desire to coach. And I'm surprised at this one, that he, he, he addressed this at the end. I mean, does this mean he's already got a job lined up I, for what I know of John Tortorella and I just know him well enough. I mean, you know what I mean? I know him from the last six years. I watch him. I listen to him. I know what he's about behind the scenes. I know what he's about as a coach. I don't know if he would say this, Bob, unless he's got a pretty good idea on something already. And that's just my opinion because he's a guy that I think during the pandemic and he's got a wonderful family. His wife, Chris does a lot of work behind the scenes you know, they talk about rescuing the dogs and the horses and helping out in their community. But his wife, Christine, does the well all the work during the season. And it seemed like during the pandemic, he was so thankful to be able to be there and help her. I was wondering if he was leaning, if the fire was going out for him. But now to see him, the way he finished this season with the Blue Jackets, uh, wasn't ideal for him, obviously. But now to hear him say that to you, Bob, the other day, it makes me think, okay, here's a man that might have a situation that's very appealing to him one maybe he can't say no to uh so good on him we wish him nothing but the best and we have to thank him for for first of all talking to you as you know and giving us so much information but being really helping this franchise
3: and he helped by changing the culture coming up next we're going to hear from general manager Yarmo Kekalainen as the inside edge presented by honda marysville continues on 97.1 the fan Welcome back to the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. Blue Jackets general manager Yarmo Kekalainen now in search of a new head coach for the Blue Jackets. And yesterday he was asked if a coach with a more offensive system might help the players on this roster to flourish a little bit more.
0: Not really. I, I think Torch, I, I don't think it's a system thing. I think Torch is just um, he demands that that you play disciplined and, and he, he doesn't let anybody cheat. So... That's that's basically. I've always told every player that comes here that if you work and you compete, you'll be totally fine with torts and, and he'll let you play your skill game and 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 give you a little leeway here and there. But but um, he's going to demand the same discipline and same work ethic and from everybody. And you know, that is not to be cheated. And that's part of the strong culture that he's 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 helped us build here. And and that's that's what's going to require it moving forward as well. What sort of
2: timeline? do you have on this? Is this the first thing you need to decide this summer? Is this something that could go on potentially a while if you're waiting for someone whose team is
0: involved in the playoffs or, or how do you see this playing out? Well, I think we're going to take our time. You know, the league's still playing. There's still some regular season games left and, and, uh, you know, other organizations are going to make their decisions at the end of regu- regular season, maybe even, uh, after first round of playoffs. And, and we're going to make sure that we, uh, our due diligence with all the, all the candidates that um, we think are are um, worthy of consideration and, and could be a good fit with us. So um, we're not in a hurry. We got some ideas already and and uh, people we were going to consider, but but uh, we're going to take our time.
3: All right, Jody, a couple of things there uh, with those comments from Yarmo. He talked about the culture and about the standards when John Tortorella was here and telling players that if you come here and if you work hard, you're going to get your opportunities and you're going to get a little bit of offensive leeway that was absolutely true we saw that uh, artemi panarin is exhibit a when it comes to all of that uh, a lot of people said he wouldn't be able to coexist with john tortorella they coexisted uh, beautifully actually in the in the couple of years that panarin was here but it, it's it's very obvious that that is something that we were talking about this before the break it's got to stay intact that hard work and the accountability has got to be part of whoever the next coach is listen
4: uh, you can play a more offensive system when your goaltender is in Vesna form and you have a game breaker like Panarin that makes people better by the way he competes. So, you know what? Bobrovsky was solid for the Blue Jackets. That's when they were able to open up the offense a little bit and play with a little more risk. Elvis and Jonas let in one softy almost every game for a, a long stretch here this year. When you don't score and you have a little bit of uh, doubt in your goaltending, you cannot open up. It's clientele. There's a little bit of clientele involved with this. You have to decide: Do we want to win games? If we do, with this, or with the lineup they had, they had to focus on defense and then bury some opportunities. How many times do we see Bjorkstrand hit the post, or Linea shoot it over the net, or Domi shoot it wide, or you know, everybody? They get chances but they just don't bury them. And, and I don't know what it is. It's not lack of skill. Is it lack of focus? Is it lack of confidence? Maybe a combination of both, but it's not the system. You, if you think you're going to have a coach come in here and open things up and here we go. Okay. You get ready to look at a 500 hockey team uh, that's losing game. Maybe you'll score four goals, but you might give up five. So there's a certain way. There's a certain detail that you play with. It's not just, lock it down it's team defense without cheating that he asks of his team
3: well yarmo did meet with the leadership group yesterday they talked about a lot of things one of those things is about the coach and trying to get some feedback from the players as to what they would like to see what do you think the players want in the next coach
4: i think the players would probably say a coach similar to torts i think that these guys in the leadership group now are refreshed With all the nonsense that John Totorella took care of. You know, there's in locker rooms, you'd be shocked at some of the things that slide. If you don't have that strong, determined, no nonsense leadership group, which a lot of great teams have had. They talked about everything. I don't know the dynamic of this group but I don't see them as a group that airs out a lot of uh, details right away. I think that there's some things they just kind of walk away from. That's just what I, I see when I'm down between the benches, there's not a lot of chatter. There's not a lot of holding accountable. I used to see Panarin give Dubois looks sharp, looks of, you know, get your act together type stuff. Um, But yeah, I would think the leadership group would say someone similar to Torch because you know, if people are saying, "Oh, bring in a coach." Is okay, yeah. Ideally, you would think that that would work. Bring in a player's coach. Yeah, you like that. The, that the nonsense is taken care of on many levels, and and I think that that's what they need more of here. Uh, maybe just a different voice with more of the you know, more of the same. Uh, but we'll see. And there's some great candidates out there that are character people, and I think that's a focus. You need a character person in here. Uh, that understands players and uh, understands systems, maybe a more systematic coach. I don't know. That would be different. You know what I mean? I don't think Torts was, Torch was so good at motivating and holding people accountable and reading the room and reading the moment. That's why he changed his lines. Bob, if you show up to work today and you're not hundred percent in 82 game season, guess what? You're going to be in the back of the bus. Someone else is more ready than you are. So that's why the lines change. That's why that whole, when I hear people talk about changing the lines, it, 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 I just want them to understand you're not going to be at your best every day. And when you're not, guess what, move over. Cause we got someone else who's on their toes and going to drive this. So that's my thought on that. Um, I know it's a long, kind of a long answer, but I think there's a lot there.
3: <laughs> Are there any guys out there? Well, let me ask it to you this way. Does this team need a coach that has previous NHL head coaching experience and, and maybe on a, a bigger stage or, is this a team that could be driven by a guy that has head coaching experience? Maybe it came at the American hockey league level. Um, Maybe it came in Europe, who knows where the heck it comes from, but it, could it be a different face? Could it be somebody new instead of uh, a retread coach for lack of a better term?
4: I, yes, I I could be somebody new and nobody wants to be called a retread Bob, but I know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) I could be somebody new. It just has to be someone that's respected in the locker room has a clear vision of what they want to do. And maybe, a, a, you know, there's different approaches to the way the game is coached There's different approaches to the way they address players. And it, it's not a cater to thing, but I think it's innovative. I think it's um, maybe a little outside the box type of thing. You know, there, there's so many great, there, listen, we could sit down you and I, and we could have a conversation for three hours or three days And we could come up with great candidates for different reasons, but it has to be someone that fits what you're trying to do and fits exactly, um, you know, the mold. And I think you, 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 you bring a little bit of sunshine in there. If you know what I'm saying? Like, even if it's a different way to approach the game, uh, but it has to be someone that's respected. I don't think it needs to be a coach. It's already coached in the national hockey league. I think it's exciting here to think of some of the young coaches uh, who are ready to go.
3: Yeah, and how do you ever get a chance as a young coach unless somebody gives that to you? So we'll see what happens with that. Coming up next, we're going to get into the players' side of it. There are a couple of guys uh, that came in here this year as new players and underperformed a lot. They talked about that yesterday and how they planned on getting uh, better for next season. Max Domi and Patrick Laine, we'll hear from them as the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville continues here on 97.1 The Fan. <laughs> Welcome back to the Inside Edge, presented by Honda Marysville. You know, there were plenty of players that underperformed on this roster this year, but a couple of the guys that stand out are newcomers to the team. Max Domi and Patrick Laine. Let's start with Patrick Laine. He was asked yesterday during the media availability if a coach that has a different type of a system would benefit him and get his game back to where he's used to it being.
1: And he didn't mince any words. I don't think so. I think it was just The big reason was I wasn't playing as well as I need to. I think it's not not the system's fault, it's just my fault. And uh, I don't think it matters who's behind the bench. I still gotta go out there and, you know, do what I do. And, uh, you know, couldn't do that this year, but um, I'll I'll do that definitely next year.
2: You have an expiring contract, restricted free agent. Um, What are your feelings about this city and staying here long-term versus what they were your optimism when you first got traded here has anything changed
1: no no i i've uh, i've enjoyed every minute i've been here um so i i i love it here and you know it was it was great to see the fans in the stands too and yeah. great great fan base and obviously couldn't see uh couldn't see the full full building this year and uh you know, when I came here. There's no fans at all in the building, so that was kind of, kind of nice to see towards the end. And uh, but now I, I, love it here and want to want to stay here for sure. Jody, kind of to go back to what you said earlier
3: about changing coaches and systems. It's not the system; it's how you play. Patrick Line just admitted that about his own game. Uh, he didn't play up the par. I'm glad to hear him say that. Uh, he said he's going to be better next year. I hope that he is going to be better next year. Here's the bottom line. This guy, no matter what he did this year and no matter what he hopes to do, there is nothing but upside for this player if he can get it figured out and, and take off because he is a he's got one of the best shots, maybe in this entire league. And uh, he's a prize possession, but you don't realize it when he's not playing up to his full potential.
4: You know, Patrick Line, a, you know, he's a young player, but I don't like to hear that. I'll be better next year, you know what. And, and I, I say that that's my initial reaction to that. It's like, come on, you're on playing top line minutes. You're on the power play. You understand the coach. We I couldn't figure out what he was. He just told us by the way he played on the ice. He didn't know what he was. And that to me was disappointing. So what's going to happen in the offseason with this guy? Now, I say all that because that's my initial reaction. But I hope. And I'll give him a pass. I will, and I hate to say that. I don't know what he dealt with this year in the locker room. I don't know what kind of guy he is or what he feeds off. You know, but I do think when players are on the ice, they just find joy and play the game and, and contribute. He did, he could. I just, there's so many things that leave me scratching my head with him the way he played, the way he carried himself down on the ice, the way he reacted, the way he didn't shoot the puck, the way he overlooked the pass. I don't know. The skill is there, but this is not what we want to see from a star player. It's just not. To me, he doesn't look like a fit. That's the way I feel. But I said, I will get, let's give him a pass and see what he does next year, I guess. But can this organization wait on this guy? I don't think so. But I could be, and I hope I'm 100% wrong on that because I don't need to hear professional athletes say, I'll be better next year. Because you just had... 20 games that really you're out of the playoffs. There's no pressure and you were there, but it didn't really happen. And that shows me, uh, I think the character guys show up every day and go to work and do it. You know, not to say he's not trying, but figure it out for a few games. Show us what you got. This is the time, not in training camp and not in the, in the, to start the season. So we'll see what happens with him. That's my reaction to what he said. Uh, but in saying all that, like I, like I mentioned twice already passed because the situation, uh, with the bubble and how they had to do things and we don't know the stress on them and, and what they were doing behind the scenes.
3: All right. Fair enough. And another guy that falls into a very similar boat is Max Domi. Now the difference with him, Josh Anderson was traded to Montreal. Domi came in here. We thought that that was going to be uh, an answer to some of the problems in the middle of the ice at center. He wound up playing wing. More than he played center, he got back to the center position at the end of the season there, and he looked markedly better than he did at the beginning. I'll give you that. But uh, yesterday when Max met with the media, he admitted that uh, what you saw from him was subpar.
6: Yeah, you know, it's uh, it was a tough year, obviously. He started out, um, really struggling and uh, it was tough to get out of that, but just uh, kind of went with the mindset that no matter what you're going to finish, I mean, strong. And uh, obviously by the time I got going, it was almost a little bit too, too Ill, too late, but uh, you spend that no positive going in the summer with a much clearer head, better mindset, and uh, definitely a lot of hunger coming into next year. So um, know the, know the potentials there and uh, the skills are still there. You just got to be consistent with it and uh, come back ready to go
2: so much i think is is up in the air is uncertain about what may happen this summer we know you're going to have a new coach next year and i'm wondering how much you feel like you could benefit from a a new voice perhaps a new system uh behind the bench
6: yeah i think it's uh it's exciting for sure because anytime you you have change it's part of the sport there's there's two sides of it it's uh it's always tough to see your uh your former coach your former teammates go but then um there's always new guys coming in whether it's coaching staff or or players um and that's the exciting part so uh, of course you can focus on the the negative side of things and obviously you're going to miss those guys and you you appreciate everything they 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 did and you're super thankful but um after that you got to kind of turn the page and look forward to the to the new chapter and uh, whoever that new coach is going to be and the new faces we get in next year um I know they're going to be ready to jump on Board for something that uh, we know we're capable of as a group and and the hunger is there. Like I talked about, we know we're capable of and uh, we've shown it and uh, then in, in little blips throughout the year, being some of the best teams in, in our division and uh, doing it pretty consistently and then just not being able to consistently play the way we know we can uh, through in 56 game season. So um, that's behind us now and we're not going to keep rehashing that. But uh, like I said, I think that we, we all know we're capable of and just got to have a big summer here and come back in with a uh, clear mind and, um, get ready for the fresh start. Well,
3: again, Max Domi saying the right things. Uh, like I said, he was better at the end than he was at the beginning. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot riding on him quite honestly, because we're still looking at the middle of the ice on this team. And, and that center position has to be shored up. Um, you know, whether that's somebody coming from the outside, whether it's these guys that played that position this year, getting better. Um, what were your thoughts on Max and what you saw and, 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 I noticed you, you were talking about this being a weird year. And I know during the season, as we did the show, you said that, you know, Max Domi is one of those guys that kind of feeds off a crowd. He likes being the, the antagonist on the road and the protagonist at home. And, and they didn't have full buildings and all of that, but um, did that play into it? Is, is that partly why he didn't have the season that he's used to having? What do you think?
4: You know what? I, I, I think there's a lot there for Max Domi. I think he's a, he's a guy who likes the show, which is an important part of it. I think the energy in the building, I agree with that. I, I think that there's definitely something that he missed out on, uh, that, you know, that energy that he can feed off of, he missed that. Um, but you know, this is his third stop in his six year career. Um, Max Domi, it's time for him now to um, figure out what he's got to do to stick in an organization. And the antics behind the play, staying on the ice, talking to the ref. Remember, he got healthy scratched. He cleaned that up a little bit. He gets distracted easy, or he was earlier in this season. So if you look at the, the way this, this player came in, excited, going to play with Cam Atkinson. He's the passer. Atkinson's a shooter, uh, fresh start for him, uh, which it was at the beginning of the year. Now he's talking about fresh start again. Uh, this is towards the end of the season. This is a player that lost his confidence, stopped moving his feet. Uh, maybe thought he should have been higher up in the dark depth chart than what he was. Maybe he was playing higher up in the depth chart than what he was. I don't know, but he's got a lot of skill. And if he gets his focus, and doesn't worry about anything else except being the best Blue Jackets player he can be Uh, and not the refs and the show or not. I like the show. I mean, I like him feeding off the energy, getting in the face of people and our crowd reacts. I like when he goes on the road and he gets in the face of someone and their crowd reacts. That's good. Max Dolby plays his best when that's his, but not to take away from the team. I mean, I'm not one to talk about crossing the line and taking uh, dumb penalties. Uh, You know, I didn't take a lot of dumb penalties, but I, you know, there was times where maybe I did too much for him. He can get too far one way. And I think that if he can refine his game to find the balance and remember that his feet are one of his best assets and his hands are too, it'd be good. But everything else that mixed in there, I mean, for a guy like that who just got here is already talking about a fresh start that concerns me, but I, I know what he's saying. And I think he's saying, let's get fans back. Let's get the season behind us. It was a lot to figure out and come back. And he's got to be an impact in this organization, him and line and Rosalvik have to be more. And I don't mean being heroes. I mean, knowing their role and bringing just their role to the lineup. That's the critical part of this, of these young players. All right, we've got one more player to hear from before we
3: wrap up this week's show, which indeed will wrap up the season. And uh, that's a guy that uh, we've watched him play. We've watched him grow. We've watched him develop. And we're going to watch him very closely here over the course of the summer and see what is uh, next for him. Seth Jones, Blue Jackets defenseman. We'll hear from him next as the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville continues on 97.1 The Fan. We're getting set to close out the final inside edge of the season and during the offseason one guy that's going to get more attention than anybody else is defenseman Seth Jones. There's a good reason for that. He is arguably the Blue Jackets best player. He also has just one year left on his contract. The Blue Jackets can negotiate a new deal with him later in the summer. What does his future hold In what direction would he like to see this franchise go in? He answered some of those questions yesterday during the media availability.
1: We already sat down as a, as a leadership group and, and discussed some of the topics that we wanted to bring up to Yarmo. I'm sure he's going to have questions for us as well, and uh, we're going to question him on some things, and I think it'll be a great conversation for us to have. Hopefully, we can come out um, with some answers. I'm sure he wants answers from us, and, and we want some feedback from him as well on uh, how we can get this thing back moving in the right direction. Yeah. And
2: Seth, in my time doing this, I I was thinking about this. I don't ever recall a situation where a player has had more leverage than you have this summer contractually, or that you're perceived to have had to have anyways. How do you, how do you plan to use that? Or what are your thoughts this summer on, on getting something done quickly, putting a lot of things to, to bed? Um, how much hinges on, on your decision and where are you at with that whole process?
1: Well, I'm just unwinding from the season. I think, um, you know, as you guys know, I can, I'm still here for another year uh, as of now. And, um, you know, I can't really sign an extension until July 1st anyway. So, uh, but, but of course you have talks, uh, my agent and and the GM and myself, have talks well before that. um, So, you know, we'll see where that goes. You feel a
2: weight, a pressure. I mean, a lot of people have said that, where this team goes in the near term may hinge on what Seth Jones decides to do. If he wants to stay, or if he wants to go that? how do you handle something like that?
1: Um, You know what? It's, I think it's a a situation that, uh, you know, you only get once in your lifetime and um, yeah, there's a lot of pressure and and people are looking at you from all over, but I, you know, I really have to take a step back and, and uh, think about, you know, what I want and, um, you know, I very well could be here, but uh, like I said, Uh, just unwinding right now. And um, I'll obviously be in, be in touch with Yermo very soon. Of course.
3: Jody, you've been a free agent before you've uh, you know, you've moved teams that way. Not to the extent, I guess, (laughs) of Seth Jones, where there's, you know, where there's so much riding on it uh, you know, for, for the franchise, for him uh, the whole nine yards, but how do you handle that? As, As a player that is in that position, What's the mindset? What are the steps that you go through?
4: Well, first of all, you stay healthy all year. And he did that and he played all 54, 56 games, excuse me. Second of all, you show your best every night and you bring your intangibles and you be locked in as much as you can for the organization you're in that year. He knows he can negotiate uh, right after free agency's done at the end of July. uh, and, And hopefully they get it done soon. You leave it to your agent and you get excited about the comparables. And for us in Columbus, we hope it goes no longer than three months to get it done uh, or three weeks, I should say. Get it done and move forward and move this organization in the spot it needs to be. Um, It would be such an endorsement for Seth Jones to sign and get the nonsense out of the way. And really, I think that that's what you do as a player. You have a number in your head because your agent uh, put you there and your comparables, you know it's safe. You just want to get that done and move out of the way and then move on with the season. Or do you wait and try to fight your way through to get this to free agency and which would be a distraction all season long. So for me, uh, I think you give the obligation to the organization first, uh, unless you're, unless you really want to go, unless you're like, this is it. No, I, you know, you've already informed the team. You're just going to play it and, and move on. But I don't see that here. I see this and I don't know anything. I just see, I see from what I know from watching Seth Jones, from when I can be as a player, me as a player, I could not play through another, another season and not just say, hey, this money is offered to me. It's on the table. This is where I want to be. I want to be a difference maker in this organization. I think that is where uh, you're, you're at as a player.
3: Do you think that he waits at all to see what is done uh, with the draft, with potential trades, what kind of a team he's going to be a part of? Because the landscape is changing, let's be honest. Uh, guys want to know, What's going on around them? More uh, you see some players that there are destinations that they want to play, where they want to go. are Timmy Panarin, he wanted to play in New York, so turns down a boatload of money and he takes a contract in New York. Uh, there are other players that they want to play as a teammate of whoever, and so they're they're going there, sort of like the NBA. But with the NBA, they bring in three guys at a time and they transform a whole franchise. That's not what. That's not ever going to happen here. But there are some guys that will kind of go and and play with their buddies or somebody they always wanted to play with and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, How do you see all that being a factor?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I I like, uh, that's a great point. And we could make some arguments for Seth and where he would like to fit in and where he would like to go back to and all those things. But, you know, I, I, that's, I like the point you brought up because, you know, I'm a little bit like Kramer on Seinfeld. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a great negotiator. I'll take, you know, I'll just take the lifetime donut So. You know, uh, so, <laughs> you know, and I wouldn't want to go through that, but yeah, right. Why not wait and see what happens with the draft? What happens after free agency and uh, which, and, and the, in the expansion draft, then you're able to do it. So we'll see with Seth Jones, where it goes. Uh, but yeah, the, the, he should do due diligence. That's what, that's kind of what he's earned the right to do. Right. As is his first time as a free agent. Uh, so we'll see him drafted to Nashville, traded to Columbus, Where's his head at? What's he want to do? Well, here's
3: what I think is the most important thing about all of this that we're talking about. Um, We want Seth Jones to be here for a long, long time. If for some reason that is not going to work out, the fact of the matter is this. You can put Seth Jones either by himself or you can put him in a package and you can get a great return for a player like Seth Jones. Uh, You can – get some pieces that can make yourself better. Even if you have to take a half step back to take two steps forward, you can do that with a player of that caliber. To me, Patrick line is that same kind of guy. If it's not going to work out here, that is a player that will be coveted by other teams based on the offensive skill. He has, whether it worked out here or it didn't work out, doesn't matter. They're still going to give you something. My whole point is uh, well, and then let's throw in a goaltender. One of these two is going to be traded more than likely this summer. Um, you know, Even if it doesn't work out with the people that are here now, the people that are here now have great value, and you can still send this franchise in the right direction, even if you have to do
4: something at the end of the day you really didn't want to do. Listen, that if you're at the poker table and you've got the, all the chips, Bob, you're in a good position, and you're, that's exactly what you're saying here. You have coveted pieces. You have draft picks that are coveted. You have organizations that are squeezed. You have some desperate organizations. You have organizations that need to make moves to try to get value before the expansion draft. So you're almost sitting in a good spot with cap space, uh, assets, uh, pieces that teams need, goaltending, wingers that score. Yes, and he will move. I don't know if there's one person on this roster that he would not consider moving. I, I mean, you got to think about it. And in his comments, uh, he's always looking to make the team better. He's not a guy that's afraid to make a trade. He's made some big trades, some player for player trades, and he's always got the best interest of the on ice product in mind now and in the future. So a lot on his plate. Uh, this is exactly, he's in a position as a uh, GM of, I think of strength and he'll use it this off season you have to trust what him and his staff are going to be able to do.
3: I know you've played tennis with him and pickleball with him, but have you ever played poker with Yarmouk? No,
4: I haven't. He's got that poker face. Tough one to read, i tell you the what. But I will tell you, he's competitive. He will not give you one point if he doesn't have to.
3: Well, Jody, as we get set to wrap things up here on this show, I want to thank you for being here with me all year long, all the work that you do and the stuff that we do together to make it so much better.
4: Yeah, me too, Bob. Thanks for everything. And we have to thank our, our great leader in our department of the Columbus Blue Jackets. The director of broadcasting is retiring after 20 years. And he's the guy we work hand in hand with here to get the inside edge organized. He's, he's a wonderful guy to work for and with. Uh, he's really done a great job of, of, of helping us to get organized on this. And it's a guy you work with every night on game night, uh, Bob is Russ Mollihan. He is retiring after 20 years, and we have to say a genuine thank you, Russ, for everything. Um, we appreciate you setting up the inside edge with all the text and you know, making sure we're organized in every way. Uh, we appreciate uh, his presence in our organization. He will be missed.
3: Yes, he will be missed, and you're right. Uh, and I started dealing with Russ when I was in Syracuse, and uh, we were affiliated with the Blue Jackets uh, back then he reached out to me and I was sending intermission reports. So, you know, I feel privileged to have really dealt with him for the 20 years that he was a member of the blue jackets in one way or another working for him for the past 12 directly. Uh, it's hard to find a better boss because he's, he's fair. Uh, he's also a guy that, uh, will, he can be a, a good buffer for you at times. Uh, he's honest if you can get him riled up and, and make him mad, you have to look in the mirror and say, you did something wrong because he just doesn't get mad very often. So um, it, it has been an absolute pressure and I'm glad that you brought that up because he deserves a, a big tip of the cap from us for all of the work that uh, he has done here and all the things that he has helped us do. And we will now quit ignoring your texts, Russ. Now that done, Now that you're done being the executive producer of this show, we will answer your texts again, right?
4: Exactly. And he's, you know, for putting up with us. Thank you, Russ. And uh, what a great blue jacket. He's all in with the blue jackets him and his family. Uh he did tell us he's going to buy a boat and be a fisherman, so good luck with that, Russ.
3: And with that, we wrap up the final edition of the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville. Jody and I would like to thank you for being here each and every week. And as things go on during the summer and there is news, we will keep you informed and we'll keep you entertained, I hope along the way too but that's going to do it for tonight's show that'll do it to wrap it up for the season this has been the Inside Edge presented by Honda Marysville on 97.1 The Fan